Rock and Roll American Football Podcast. Absolute Radio. Week two of Rock and Roll American Football. And what a weekend of NFL action we had. I'm Jay Lawrence, joined by uh, Sky Sports, Cameron Hogwood, yet again this week. How are you doing, Cam? You've got Disarono and Coke with you this I time? Not today, not today. Out, out, all out. Well, we're, sli- we're recording slightly later this time, so I think it's slightly more... Accept- we're, fin- we're recording at six o'clock, so what's that? A post-work post, post uh, work drink would be acceptable. Yeah, I can drink now without getting in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not on the clock. So we will be hopefully joined by uh, NFL End Zones Ash a little bit later on as well. Um, basically, uh, like we did last week, what we're going to do is we are going to go around and just pick out those things that we think deserve getting talked about uh, regarding the NFL, the big things, the small things. When I say last, the medium things as well. Uh, it could be to do with what we've just seen in week two. could be stuff uh, to do with week three coming up. And we'll just do, I guess, a little bit of a, um, a small catch-up on week two, though, first, Cam, because... You know, initially, we spoke about week one, obviously, last um, last episode, and we were speaking about how the um, how, how like amazing the games were. There were there was there were some very good games in week one, and then there was a a part of me, uh, especially on the early games in week two, where I was like, I don't know if they're going to be as good as uh, as they were in week one, and then the finales on some of these games. Uh, I'm talking about the, the Jets Browns game, the Ravens. Uh, the the Ravens Dolphins game. What was the highlight for you? Yeah, I think I think that Ravens Dolphins game was probably my highlight. Other than Giants going undefeated at the start of the season, I am. Um, yeah, I would say that that <laughs> Dolphins that Dolphins game was just we saw an absolute freak of nature and Lamar Jackson do do what he does best and have a near kind of flawless game. By the way, like he did he did nothing wrong in that game. And in the Dolphins and this geeky but really cool Mike McDaniel do what, what we all expected him to do and come up with this fearless Dolphins team that just kind of lit up the Ravens secondary in the end. And yeah, l- love that game. That was amazing. Dolphins just about winning 42-38 there. An incredible comeback. Was it? I think it was four touchdowns to a Tungavailo through in the last quarter, which I, I believe is the most in something like 15 years which is pretty incredible considering the amount of criticism that Tua had or the potential criticism that he had uh, going into this season. Uh, I love how you have to you have to put your Giants in there as well. You have to put your Giants. It's all right. I've taken the jersey off now. I've washed it so, uh, <laughs> yeah, after last yeah. week. <laughs> well, last week you kept going on about how uh, how you need to you know use it while you can, you know wear it while you can. Uh, you, you can wear it for another week now, though, Cam, and you don't have to feel... In fact, you're going to have a winning record you would legitimately have a winning record or not a losing record for another three weeks. Yes, that, that's pretty. Right. That's pretty good for being a for being a Giants fan over the last few years. It's funny. I don't think. Uh, I don't think any of us know quite how to react to a two and zero start. It feels a bit alien. Um, I think the encouragement is that there's still so much to clean up, and we are two and zero somehow. We found a way to win, which is which is always a good start when you're building this new kind of new look team. Coach. I do remember actually a couple of years ago when um, uh, the Chicago Bears, I believe, started 5-0. and And then yeah. I think that they lost the next at least five games. I'm not saying it's going to happen to the Giants. Just saying, keep that in mind. It could happen. It could easily happen. <laughs> It could happen. Um, we'll um, we'll we'll start, Cam. If you want to, we'll go around the uh, around the horn. If you would like to kick off with something that you think deserves getting to get spoken about. 
Uh, maybe a bit of a negative start, but I would just like to um, make sure Joe Burrow has got good life insurance or injury cover for whatever, yes. whatever is going on in Cincinnati where I think he's on course for 500 sacks or something stupid like that. <laughs> um, no, that, that offensive line, they, they splashed out a lot of money to, to reinforce that as, as a team should with a quarterback like Joe Burrow who, who, couldn't have, who has a skill set to be one of the best for the next decade and beyond. And Lau Collins seemed to find Micah Parsons as the invisible man. Just let him go spy him for the entire game on Sunday. And Joe Burrow, you can't, you can't let your franchise face take a beating like that every week. And it's just become too much of a common theme. That, that offence altogether has become far too predictable at this point, where as soon as Joe Burrow goes under centre, you know they're running it. As soon as he drops into shotgun, you know, they know he's passing it. And teams, teams have caught on already. Joe Mixon has said as much in press conferences that we even saw Joe Burrow kind of calling, pleading not to run empty sets at the weekend because he was getting pummeled every kind of play after play. I just, I, I really worry for Joe Burrow and as much punishment as he's taken, it's gonna, he's going to get injured sooner or later again. And well, again, happen. that's the word though, isn't it? Again, bear in mind that this yeah. is a man that, that, that spent the, the majority of his first season in the NFL injured there is no doubt, and we, and I've I've thought about this before when it comes to other players as well. That's on his mind, you know. You 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 can't you cannot um, be somebody who less than two years ago had a serious injury, uh, and it's and it not be on your mind, especially when you're getting pummeled like this. And the thing is as well, I mean, I know you mentioned Micah Parsons there. Micah Parsons is an exceptional player. He'll be somebody that will be spoken about for a, a long time regarding to you know getting you know defensive um, you know player of the year awards. But this is a Cowboys team as well that, I mean, I don't know what the, 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 the line was on how much the Bengals should have beaten the Cowboys by or something. But with Cooper Rush as quarterback as well, with Dak Prescott uh, being injured, talking about, you know, all these uh, injuries now, um, that was meant to be a game where it was the get-right game for the Bengals. Did not happen. No, yeah, like you say, you're looking... Cooper Rush back there and you, you're almost expecting him to fail because he's Cooper Rush and he is the backup quarterback that he is and it just this this Bengals offense is such a disappointment and it was a problem last year I think getting to the Super Bowl really veiled what were serious play calling issues for, for the Bengals and Zach Taylor who is who will find himself under pressure sooner or later if he's not already for given how they start he's got in, a, in Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, one of the potentially great quarterback receiver tandems who were incredible at college, translated that into the NFL in their first year together. And he just, I think, I think Jamar Chase had five catches for about 50 yards at the weekend. It just can't happen. You have to be pushing 100 yards with this guy every week because he is that big a star and they can't find ways to scheme him open. It's a little bit too predictable. I know teams are kind of using these drop eight coverages now to to kind of negate that that deep shot with Jamar Chase. Find other ways to get in the ball. It just I know Jamar Chase in the offseason spoke about wanting to get the ball in his hands to do more yards after the catch stuff. It's not really happening so far. Try something different. And the problem with that is you can't try something if Joe Burrow hasn't got time to get the ball out. And he is quick at getting the ball out. But it just he, he's not that quick. Where do you know what? I, lo- I love the off-season, Cam, because the off-season basically means that you can like have your opinions and you can be really forthright and you can be like, no, nah, no, nah, this is what's going to happen. They've got this, they've got the pieces, blah, 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 blah. Literally, eight days into the season we are and everything is everything. I mean, it's, it happens every year. It happens every year. 
and suddenly the Bengals have gone from the darlings, the darlings of the NFL, to they are, they could easily finish last uh, in the division, which is just mad, isn't it? Really. Um, let's go to well, my what's my first? Uh, okay, here we go. We did speak a bit about this last week, but just developments happen, Cam. In the NFL, this is what happens. The Jimmy Garoppolo show is back. It is it is like it was on the Vegas Strip for for a whole a whole four or five months. And then they decided, actually, no, we're not going to renew it for another season. And then they're like, actually, do you know what? Let's just put it back on, put it back on Vegas Strip for a while. Because what with the Trey Lance devastating injury, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is back as quarterback in the in San Francisco uh, under center with the 49ers. Uh, we'll start with the Trey Lance uh, ankle injury, though, Cam. Uh, he's had double ankle surgery uh, in the last 24 hours, I believe, which has gone successful. That's good news. If you're Trey Lance right now, what are you thinking? You're, you're wondering when am I going to play football again? Because... If by the time he comes back, you're looking at next season, and they'll want to ease him into the off season. I imagine by the yeah. time he enters the 2023 season, he'll have played what five games in three years. I mean, it's a guy who came out of college having played 17 games. That's that was already an anomaly sample size for a, for a quarterback coming out of college, and not and not even and, like a, in a not even in the you know the SEC or anything like that. In in right. what was he played behind kind of a formidable North Dakota State offensive line that protected him at all costs and had this incredible run game where it played very much to Trey Lance's strengths, barely took any punishment. Suddenly, he comes into the league, not only having to transition to the NFL and all the physicality that comes with it, now his development has been stunted by mere time off the field where this isn't an easy offense to navigate, by the way. This is a Shanahan offense that that kind of demands a lot from somebody. And yes, it plays to Trey Lance's strengths, but he's going to miss a whole year of that. And there was already question marks over him after week two, <clears throat> after week one, sorry, about how his development was coming along, how you're transitioning. And I just feel so bad for the guy because there's undeniable talent there. Of course, there is. He's incredible outside the pocket, has an awesome arm downfield, which is that was the plus point. That was what he was adding, what Jimmy Coroplo couldn't. He had this big arm, could make the aggressive, kind of risky throws that Jimmy G was kind of reserved from doing at times. And that's gone. And they have to revert to to what worked for the 49ers at the end of last season with Jimmy G, which is, um, I think he's going to be Debo Samuel, get the ball and do your thing, Debo. Go out, <laughs> go out, go out and score one. Uh, Debo Samuel, fantasy uh, owners right now thinking, yes, yeah, all right, that's all right. I, I, could, I can take that. Um, the Niners, though, now look, here's the thing. The San Francisco 49ers right now look like the most clever operation in football. This is something that was spoken about a few weeks ago and, and harped on about and how, how they were being savvy. And, you know, we spoke about it as well. They've managed to reorganize a contract with Jimmy Garoppolo, which means he is a highly paid backup in the league, but not earning, you know, the money that he was meant to be earning. And we spoke last week about how, you know, with the Dak Prescott injury with the Dallas Cowboys, maybe that means that that means that they can, you know, trade them to Dallas. Well, no, actually, the team that ended up needing needing Jimmy Garoppolo the most were the team that he was already on, the San Francisco 49ers. So they look really clever now that they've managed to save a lot of money and keep a really good backup. Who is, let's be honest, he might not take the offense to another level like the Niners wanted Trey Lance to 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 do uh, this season. No one can sit here 
like I'll be surprised if if I'm sitting here and you opposite me right now, Cam, if you say to me Jimmy Garoppolo is a bad quarterback because he is not a bad quarterback, to have him in your in your quarterback room it is a luxury and a luxury that is um it was needed in the end. Yeah, look, I think we've seen in recent years more than most that you invest in a good backup. Like you pay them good money because injuries happen. The Giants went out and got Tyra Taylor because he was the best backup available at the time. And it's just shrewd business. And with Jimmy G, I mean, the, the concern is that he practiced away from the team this offseason. He wasn't in the program. Yeah. He, If they changed anything about that playbook, he doesn't know but about it. But the playbook it. will be very different anyway. They're going to, like you said a minute ago, like you said a minute ago, they, they might revert back to the Debo Samuel, you know, yeah. give it to Debo and run. Can, they are not running QB power. With Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever, they're not saying, Jimmy, Jimmy, can you do me a favour and just run 25 yards? They're not. That It's going to be a completely different playbook, surely. I'd love to see Jimmy G run 25 yards behind Juszczyk and kick It'd be entertaining though, wouldn't it? It wouldn't no, be great. quite as good as that run a few years ago where, where Daniel Jones, as you know, as a Giants fan, good runner, but looks very ugly doing it. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like somehow sneaky fast, but can't can't keep his feet. It looks like he's going to trip up. It does. It's a very strange runner. And the, you know, it's, it is a, maybe it's a bad thing. I know we're going on Giants now again. Bad thing if you, your quarterback, the, the most famous thing that your quarterback has done is run, what is it, like 60 yards, but trip up five yards before the goal line or something like that. <laughs> yeah, like the videos, all his teammates on the side, like crying of laughter because his gangly quarterback has just fallen. I mean, gangly. That's the best word to use for Daniel Jones, I think. <laughs> Gangly Jones, I like it. Um, okay, we'll go to number two with you, Cam. Number two, what did I have? I had, we'll go We'll go to Dolphins. I know we mentioned at the start. I just wanted to talk about this Dolphins 4x100 relay team, where it could be, they could mm. kind of come up with many different variations of this offense. But just, I think we saw this weekend Tyreek Hill as, which we all knew already, I think, him being maybe the most transformative non-quarterback playing offensive player in the league in terms of speed that just changes the entire dynamic of a game. And you can talk about Ravens blown coverages. I know that happened, but they're blown because he blows them and he gives you an extra 15 yards, whereas a blown coverage of another team might have got away with it with a slower player because the extra yard isn't that great. And you also have to talk about two in that regard because a few years ago when he came to the league, we're talking about the these blown coverages that might have happened. He spots them, but he, he doesn't pull the trigger because maybe the confidence isn't there, the conviction isn't there. He's still easing his way back in after that injury. But suddenly Ty- Tyreek Hill is down there and he knows as soon as he gets the ball to Tyreek Hill's hands, something's going to happen. And I think what's clever about what Mike McDaniel has done with this team is similar to what Brian Dable did with Josh Allen where he, he had a few issues settling down. So he gets small, quick players who are good with the ball in their hands in space and says, go out and do, a, do your thing. Gives his quarterback easy reads, easy decisions to make. That was a, a lot of what we saw with Tua at times, but then the deep shots were there, kind of define all, we've, all people have said about Tua's arm. Well, what happens this weekend then? Because it's the, the Dolphins playing the Bills, Bills who have had a really good defence so far in the last uh, couple in, couple of weeks. And in fact, Bills, who have had an absolutely insane offence as well the couple, in the, next, the last couple of weeks. What happens here then? Because then you've got you've got the Miami Dolphins, as you say, who have got this basically world-class relay team. And you've got the Bills. Who wins? 
I think the Bills win, just because I don't think I think the Dolphins will be there or thereabouts this year. They've got the roster, I think. But when I look at what the Bills have done over the first weeks of the season with Leslie Frazier, he he's come out and said he he's used conservative coverages for for what is a young secondary, which effectively he'll drop seven or eight and rely on a four-man pass rush because that pass rush, that defense, that front is so good, they only have to rush four at times. So if you're dropping kind of seven or eight at a time, it's making it more difficult to find those routes over the top for Tua. So it's more reliant on him thrown over the middle of the field, which is always a challenge for a smaller quarterback because kind of their vision's impaired a little bit more, even though that sounds like a stupid thing to say. But I think we'll see more of that again, maybe less fewer deep shots against the Bills because of the mm. way they're set up. But I, I do expect the Bills to win just because I think you're looking at two coordinators who I would be very surprised if they're not in the head coaching talk at the end of the season just because of the way they started. And I, I said as well, with this Bills team, I think the only way you beat them is if you beat them in a, in a shootout because they put up so many points. And I, I can only really see the Chiefs beating them in a shootout at the moment. But like we say, oh, well, we that, that would be the start. dream though. So oh, again, yeah, that is. I, I mean, we saw the Dolphins about forty-two at the weekend, so yeah, anything can happen. But, yeah. but I mean, you know, but that's what I, I mean. It's going to happen. It's what we all expect to happen in the in the championship game. You know, come January or February, it will be Chiefs Bills. You know, a rematch or whatever. Although actually, it wasn't in the championship game last year, was it? But you know, it will be this time. And then, as you I say, it will be a shootout. If you if they beat the Chiefs last year, obviously thirteen seconds kind of. Yeah, when the Chiefs can't take it right. If they beat the Chiefs, there, do they go on to win the Super Bowl? Probably. Uh, I think yes. I mean, there. I'd be surprised if uh, that 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 pro that thought process is something that a lot of people have had over the last however many months, and that is why prior to this season, at the top of every single power rankings of every yeah, single yeah. NFL publication, there's the Bills because because it doesn't matter that the Rams won the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter that the Bengals came second, uh, <laughs> or, or, you know, were, were, were uh, runners up as it were, the Bills probably would have won the whole thing. And that's probably what's eating up Bills fans. Bills fans who have had decades and de- well, decades of not being great, you know, quite a while of not being great. And then when they were good, they never won. They got to the they got right there to the Super Bowl multiple times and never won. Um I wanna uh, go on to the Denver Broncos now, if that's okay with you. Denver Broncos who had a great off season, um, at least on paper. Russell Wilson, obviously, going there, uh, being traded from the Seattle Seahawks. The first couple weeks uh, for the Denver Broncos have not been smooth. They lost in their first week to the Seattle Seahawks, and they just about beat uh, the Houston Texans uh, on Sunday. Now, think back to when Peyton Manning was quarterback at Denver. Could you imagine the crowd making as much noise as possible when he's doing his, you know, business pre-snap, when he's trying to work out the coverages and blah, blah, blah. You couldn't, can you? You, you want to try and make sure that he's got enough uh, time or he's got enough, enough um, you know, silence as he could possibly have to work it all out. No, this time around, there's been so many mistakes in the Denver Broncos, game management, uh, game decisions with the clock. The Denver Broncos fans counted down the play clock for, you know, I, I suppose an extremely rattled-looking Russell Wilson-led uh, offense during the game, 
safe to say things are not clicking. Russell Wilson gave a quote afterwards regarding the pe- people counting down the play clock. Uh, and let's just say that he basically spoke around it and just said, yeah, they're a good crowd. He obviously was not very pleased with it. This is bizarre. What's going on with the Broncos right now? I know it's only two weeks in. This isn't good, is it? No, I I said a few times actually yesterday, Nathaniel Hackett is giving off real mid-season firing vibes to me. Oh, and I don't want to, I don't want to like bury the man because it's his first head coaching job. You're walking into a new offense where he's trying to find his way. But I just, the clock management is real rookie stuff. I mean, if you, if you can't master that kind of by now, he's been in the league a long time and coaching a long time. And to hear the crowd kind of counting down, it's so embarrassing. It's just plain embarrassing. And for Russell Wilson having to come out and answer those questions. And then I, I, I don't know if you saw on the sideline, Russell Wilson getting the team to, to let the defense know if it was a run or a pass. <laughs> They're standing on the side and he's going, run or pass, let them know. And all you can hear is like a choir in unison shouting, pass, if they think the offense is passing. It's like, what's going on? Like, and, and I know we, we talk about Russell Wilson being, I don't know, I like Russell Wilson, but being this cringy figure and it was real yeah. cringy. And one of the things with Russell Wilson as well, the same tendency we saw late in his Seahawks career where he does not like throwing over the middle of the field. And yes, that, that is something small quarterbacks have always had to deal with because like we say with Tua, you, you're smaller. You can't see over these six-foot marauding pass rushing defensive linemen at times. But he can see at times and he's still not throwing there. There was a wide open Javante Williams for a touchdown. Completely ignored him or missed him. So you're blaming you're, Russell here as well? I, yeah, because he's still missing passes and he's still not kind of having his stamp on his offense, I don't think. And you expect him to settle down quicker because he is Russell Wilson. I expect, look, I, yeah. I expect him to be fine because he's still an incredible athlete. How long his legs kind of let him run about as he does, we'll find out this year. But Nathaniel Hackett, I think, there is a reason Aaron Rodgers loved him so much in Green Bay and gave him such a big round a resounding reception because I imagine he just let Aaron Rodgers do what he wanted and that's what Aaron Rodgers likes to do <laughs> I think he just wrote on the whiteboard what Aaron Rodgers wanted to do and effectively that's Matt LaFleur's offense not Nathaniel Hackett's mm. but but then again you go back to his time in the Jags where he somehow got the best out of Blake Ball so you're wondering there's a guy here who can well, find a way to get yeah. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing, but you know, you act like it, the the best out of Blake Bortles was a multi-season thing or, or whatever. It was a a several week long stretch in what was it, 2017 or something like that. The Jags um, will the, never forget. The Jags, the Jags, will, never the Jags forget. will never forget. Forget. It's like the Alamo. Um, <laughs> the uh, what was I going to say with um, with Nathaniel Hackett? Then what you're saying is just to put it into uh, soccer context is uh, there is I'm I'm sensing some similarities here between. Well, as as you know, um, you're a big Liverpool fan. I'm a Liverpool fan as well. Neither of us are from Liverpool, but we'll just skate by that. Um, the this Nathaniel Hackett situation does it remind you of Roy Hodgson, circa 2010 in Liverpool? Let me explain. What happened then is uh, Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson is manager of Liverpool. Liverpool then get new owners. Right? What's happened in Denver? He has just been appointed, Nathaniel Hackett. Denver get new owners. Roy Hodgson doesn't get off to a very good start. 
he is gone by mid-season of that season. Are you saying that something similar is going to happen here? Is Nathaniel Hackett going to do a Roy Hodgson? <laughs> He'll love you for that comparison once he finds out who Roy Hodgson is. <laughs> um, he will never find out. It will t- yeah, it'll be too, far, too long to... He, he listens, listens right? yeah, Nathaniel yeah. Hackett. It will be too long to actually... For him to, 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 uh, to explain it to him in the end. Um, I think we know the NFL and it feels rare that you get mid-season firings like that because... yeah because of the way the league is run and we know what they like to do at the end of the season when there's a huge rush on head coaches. But it, I wouldn't put it past these Broncos owners to have taken over this team, wanting to make a statement. And if things aren't going well by mid-season, they have no allegiance to this guy. Mm. And I, I can, they'll put their faith in Russell Wilson over him every day of the week purely because that contract is It's what the Seahawks incredible. should have done with the... <laughs> right, yeah. Um... But... Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. That that is an interesting storyline to watch. That's a good shout. I um, don't think I'd ever thought I'd be comparing anybody to Roy Hodgson, especially not uh, not today. So what's happened is unfortunately Ash won't be able to join us. NFL end zones Ash today. However, what she is going to do is she's going <laughs> to she will join us another week. But for today, she is going to send me some voice notes right of her controversial takes. So what I'm going to do is just to put, you know, to uh, to go behind the the curtain and all of that here. I'm then going to drop the voice notes into the podcast in a second. But obviously, we don't know what her controversial takes are yet. So I, I thought what we can do is maybe we could just come up with some generic statements. I'll go, go first. Hit me. So to be clear, in post production, I am going to drop in her voice note. But me right now. I have not heard that voice note. So whatever you hear afterwards, I've never heard her voice note. Here are some of my hot takes and what I've learned from week two of the NFL. I think like any regular person, I adopted an AFC team. um, And naturally, I fell in love with the Bengals. They had such a Cinderella story last season. And it turns out that all of their woes on the offensive line are still here. Joe Burrow got sacked seven times in their first game against the Steelers. And on Sunday, against a team that they should have beaten, Joe Burrow got sacked six times. Now, if Joe Burrow gets sacked this coming week, week three, five times, I can definitely see a trend and it's something I will love. But I just can't wrap my head around what is going on on the Bengals offense. And something needs to be done as they have started their season 0-2, and man, I didn't see it coming. I honestly think that that's the most uh, disgusting thing that I've ever heard. I think that what Ash has just said is absolutely awful. I could honestly say that is the most ingenious take I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. And I spent nine and a half grand to go to university and study journalism. And I'll never come close to to an opinion like that. Okay, let's uh, let's see if she's got another controversial take. Uh, and this is our statement that will be afterwards. Now, I wouldn't be me if I didn't start off with my team. Of course, it's the Green Bay Packers. And what I've learned from the outing against Chicago at home at Lambeau is that the defense rebounded in spectacular fashion. Led by Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith, they bombed Barded fields like no tomorrow. And the Green Bay Packers cannot just be the Aaron Rodgers show. And on Sunday, they proved that they weren't. 
No, I think that's about right, to be honest. I think it's a bit weird that she started going on about a naked Aaron Rodgers at one point. But, you know, apart from that, I think that's 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 fair enough. Uh, what is your opinion, Cam? I think Roy Hodgson would entirely agree with that. And I know he keeps <laughs> an eye on the NFL. And I know Roy sees a lot of himself in Nathaniel Hackett in particular. And having worked with Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure Roy, too, would envision Aaron Rodgers naked going through that play. <laughs> Okay, I'm not sure whether that that will work. We'll see. Um, (laughs) Thank you very much, Ash, for those uh, potentially controversial takes. We're not actually sure what they were. Um, Let's end today, Cam. We did it last week. We're doing it again. We are doing the week two quiz again, Cam. Uh, This is basically my uh, real hard-hitting quiz where you need to give out some awards. It's more of an awards ceremony that is a quiz. Uh, it went all right, I think, last week, Cam. I think that everyone was very pleased w- with their um, <laughs> with their awards. Yeah. So this time around, the week two quiz, let's go. The wow, I didn't see that coming award goes to the Jets beating the Browns. Mm. The this player could be something award. Amon Brown. Do you know what I wrote it? I wrote that thinking, I wonder if he's going to say Amon Ross and Brown. Yeah. He had a, what an amazing last few games of the season he had last year. And I think people were sort of doubting him a little bit going into this season. Uh, will he be as good? Yes, he's a very good player. And also, I love it how we found out in Hard Knocks that his dad just wanted to spice up his last name. So added the Saint. His, his dad's name isn't St. Brown. It's Brown. Anyway, I enjoyed that. Uh, the Haven't I Seen This Before Award. Joe Burrow getting pummeled in the backfield all day. All day. All day. The You're a Liar Award. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I want to say Nathaniel Hackett being mm. a liar. Maybe <laughs> maybe not so much a liar, but maybe you shouldn't be in this job. I don't know. Ask Roy Hodgson. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the It's a Big Deal Now, but we won't speak about it in a year's time award. I'll probably say Cooper Rush winning a game against the Bengals. Mm. i tell you what we won't be speaking about in a year's time, but his agent will be. Yeah, God, yeah. Uh, Cam, thank you very much. Ash, thank you very much as well, probably. Don't know what you said. Um, hopefully it was interesting. Um, I'm sure we can discuss it again next week uh, <laughs> if you can make it. Cam, thank you very much for joining me today on Rock and Roll American Football. We'll be back next week. The Rock and Roll American Football Podcast. Absolute Radio.